ஹலோ அண்ட் வெல்கம் பேக் டு த தேர்ட் எபிசோட் ஆஃப் லெக் ஸ்டாக் மியூசிக் இட்ஸ் பீன் குவைட் அ வைல்ஸ் இன் த லாஸ்ட் எபிசோட் அண்ட் ஐ ஹோப் இட் இஸ் யூஸ்ஃபுல் டு ஆல் ஆஃப் யூ ஹூ டியூன்ட் இன் த வேர்ல்ட் ஹேஸ் சேஞ்ச் ட்ராஸ்டிகலி இன் த லாஸ்ட் சிக்ஸ் மந்த்ஸ் அண்ட் வி ஆர் லுக்கிங் அட் சம் டஃப் டைம்ஸ் அஹெட் பட் வி ஹோப் ஃபார் த பெஸ்ட் அண்ட் கீப் கோயிங் திஸ் டைம் அரவுண்ட் அண்ட் எஸ்பெஷலி ஆஸ் அன் எனேபிளர் இன் த மியூசிக் இண்டஸ்ட்ரி ஐ தாட் இட் வுட் பி இன்ட்ரெஸ்டிங் அண்ட் இம்பார்ட்டன்ட் டு இன்வைட் இண்டஸ்ட்ரி எக்ஸ்பர்ட்ஸ் டு சேட் வித் மீ ஆன் தியர் எக்ஸ்பீரியன்சஸ் அண்ட் தாட்ஸ் அபவுட் த மியூசிக் பிஸ்னஸ் இன் இண்டியா ஸோ லெட்ஸ் டைவ் ரைட் இன் அண்ட் மீட் அவர் வெரி ஃபர்ஸ்ட் கெஸ்ட் ஆன் லைக் ஸ்டாக் மியூசிக் ஷீ ஹஸ் டன் சம் பார்ட் பிரேக்கிங் ஒர்க் இன் தி என்டர்டெயின்மெண்ட் லா இண்டஸ்ட்ரி ஷீ இஸ் த கோ டு லாயர் ஃபார் ஆல்மோஸ்ட் ஆல் த என்டர்டெயின்மெண்ட் இண்டஸ்ட்ரி பிக் ஷார்ட்ஸ் ஷீ ரெப்ரஸன்ஸ் லெஜெண்ட்ரி ஆர்டிஸ்ட் லைக் ஏ ஆர் ரஹ்மான் ஜாவேத் அக்தர் லதா மங்கேஷ்கர் சோனு நிகம் அண்ட் சோ மெனி மோ She's one of the leading women in the music business representing India globally as well and she made history with the unique cases she handled as well as her merger with the prestigious Anandan Anand law firm as a named partner and now runs the firm's Mumbai practice as Anandan Anand and Khimani. I have been following her work very closely ever since and I'm really excited very thankful also uh, to have her here with me today on uh, on today's episode. So please welcome Priyanka Khimani. Thank you so much for taking time out to chat with me today Priyanka. Thank you and thank you for that lovely glowing introduction. I wasn't prepared for that. So thank you. It's okay it's always good to hear from someone else, no? <laughs> Very kind. Thank you so much. So tell me Priyanka how are you today? How's it going? Good surviving this lockdown. I think every day that goes by we're like chalo let's keep keep up uh, keep being positive and hope that we can put this behind soon. So yeah just like hunkering down and hanging in there. That's it really. Uh, that's great. I mean things keep get getting interesting over time, right? And your journey has been extremely interesting. I mean with all the the history that you have in the entertainment <laughs> industry so that's something that i i know i want the listeners to like you know hear about your journey into this industry and the law practice and what was your big break sure you know we we've, we've talked about this in the past yeah. and like i've always said completely by fluke but in but not even right like i always i think i believe that everything as cliche as it sounds but everything that happens happens for a reason or leads you to something right. uh, the people we meet the places we go to every single thing you see and you know i do this even funnily every time that something new happens or some i meet a new person i suddenly trace back what was the chain right like literally how you figure out six degrees of separation yeah. and i think with me uh, the law of practice and everything that has happened is literally just that uh, i think as some of Uh, your listeners may already know i started i used to write back in uh, junior college um, and all through college and even law school right and i think a lot of that uh, unknowingly subconsciously did sort of sow the seeds for where i am today uh, led to some relationships that eventually transferred into work and uh, like i'm saying everything life comes to a full circle and everything mm. happens for a reason because it's leading you to something uh, of course at that time when you're just going through all that failure rejection you don't want to believe it so it's only now looking back where i'm like okay all that madness and all that heartbreak made some sense <laughs> I know it is completely yeah. worth it also at some point yeah yeah and you know it's so funny come to think of it when you was writing nobody you know at that time you didn't think about copyright contracts that you don't literally did you imagine that it will become your entire life something? life i know it's just anyway so that's i mean that's i think your story is like something 
which <laughs> i really really uh, i mean i was i was very inspired by it and i think uh, if whoever is interested should go check out priyanka's story <laughs> it's on your story right your story dot yes yeah and um, i also wanted to like you know understand like how long have you been uh, practicing as an entertainment lawyer like how how many years has it been so it will be 8 years in june and uh, how did, how what is your first step into it like what is the first uh, project that kind of got you into into Come. like i said i started my i started working with a very traditional solicitor law firm used to do commercial litigation was uh, doing my articles with this solicitor's firm okay. um, i worked with a partner who did a lot of shipping law so by default i ended up doing a fair amount of uh, maritime or admiralty matters and dealing with ship arrests and charter party agreements and everything far far removed from it and entertainment mm-hmm. and then all sorts of commercial litigation right and i think uh, um to a great extent i actually would you know owe a lot of credit to that time and to that experience because a lot of us a lot of young lawyers also or practitioners tend to think that oh i just need to do ip i just need to do entertainment but that's never the mark of a good lawyer the mark of a good lawyer is when you have your foundation right the only way to get that foundation right is to expose yourself to as much varied experience as you can because uh, and you would agree with me right when we're yeah. negotiating a deal it's hardly ever dealing with just the copyright act you're looking yeah. at contracts you're looking at you know companies as you're looking at so many multiple other things with a combination of um, a bunch of uh, statutes regulations so i i say this to all the young lawyers also or any young professional who wants to venture into this that you can't pigeonhole yourself into mm-hmm. saying oh i will just look at this in isolation mm-hmm. um it doesn't work like that so i think like likewise for me you know given that i was working with this firm doing the education experience i think 6 months into it you just receive a chance call with from someone who had worked with written extensively for had assisted for a while mm. and happened to call me saying listen someone needs some advice and uh, you know why don't you just talk to this person and tell them what it is mm. and the next thing i know that the person who was looking for advice turned out to be none other than lata mangeshkar and God, you know yeah. you have this 6 month old junior associate and from <laughs> going and telling the managing partner that from then listen i think i have a client and oh it by the way it's lata mangeshkar so i think from from that point on, really there was no looking back and again i i think i'm very grateful for that time because um you know a all of that experience i mean as 6 months old it's not that you are a phenomenal lawyer because clearly you don't have the sort of experience that it takes but i think what a lot of people uh forget when they sort of even tracing my journey is that before before that there's an entire 8 years of having mm. worked in the entertainment business right and that teaches you things that right. no business school no law school is ever going to be able to teach you and a lot of entertainment really is about um commercial knowledge Yeah. It is, of course, knowing the law, but it's an industry, and industry. like any industry, you need to know what are the do's and don'ts, what are traditional practices, what is customary, what isn't. Mm. And I think that was um, that one slight edge that I had, which uh, helped me take up a lot of matters very early on in my career, and uh, yeah, has led us to where we are today. That's great. That's amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, you you mentioned. Uh, industry practice right that's something which you've been familiar with you've seen how the industry works and yes. as a lawyer and implementing the law and representing clients and i think most of your clients are artists so what has been your biggest problem 
in terms of dealing with an industry practice that is that's probably against uh, something that's in the law so um you know i'll i'll answer this slightly differently right i don't think there's a there's a black and white answer to this mm. there are lots and so also i i wouldn't say that there's any industry practice that is good or bad and mm. i know a lot of your listeners might be a little surprised uh, hearing this from someone who's extensively represented talent yeah um i always say this that all commercial dealings are a matter of willingness right it's yeah. willing seller willing buyer Thanks. um so a lot of times when artists feel shortchanged saying that oh but this is not a fair deal equally i find in all of those conversations that a we don't explore enough we don't try enough we don't push hard enough yeah. um i'll give you simple examples right even when someone thinks that uh, oh this particular someone has taken my song and you know i i don't know what to do about it and i'll ask them something as simple forget forget the extreme step of going to a lawyer and incurring legal costs Allah mm-hmm. the one simple thing have you called them out on it did you send at the very least a text message and email nahi mm-hmm. you are going on a rant on social media you want to that is also later more often than not people don't say anything about it you just talking to your friends and feeling bad about yourself right yeah so i um so coming to coming back again to industry practices um look like i'm saying it's all commercial dealings you have to be pragmatic about what you want and i think depending on where you are different stages of your career you have different uh, bargaining power different leverage also your wants are different right today when i'm a young artist starting out what what is my want i want that break mm. and what am i willing to do in return for that break i may be willing to give up a lot of things mm. right mm. so again you gave up something to get something then you climb one step up in that ladder now yeah. at this stage your want may be that look i want to get paid for it i don't want to certainly do this at a ridiculous price mm. so again you'll give up something in return for getting the price that you think you command then you move a little higher with say okay now i want to keep right so i'm saying there's a gradual progression right and all said and done the industry does bow down to all of this today that's how you see a variety of deal otherwise you would just have a one size fits all but it's never the case right mm-hmm. and there is clearly a reason that today uh, there is such a variation in terms of deals also that we see if industry practice was bad and for your take it or leave it then we would all be looking at the same kind of deals mm-hmm. uh, but i that's one having said that i'm not at the same time glorifying this industry or our practices yes there are still a lot of flaws um and i think if i had to call out a few of them mm-hmm. and again this is by no means to sort of isolate one particular segment of the industry but i think it's a problem that everyone faces as a whole mm-hmm. um one is this you know such a disagreement on interpretation of what the statute is especially yeah. the amendments of the 2012 <laughs> yeah. act right and i'm like guys it's 8 years later get your act together <laughs> like literally and figuratively um so that is a big pain point even till date say for example performers rights right yeah. you have a clear provision in the agreement which yeah. says that yes now even performers are entitled to royalty and yet routinely in yeah. fact as recently as yesterday <laughs> in a negotiation i will be asked to waive that right uh, and again i talk to the performer and say because i'm bound by instructions that listen what do you want to do uh, unfortunately fortunately even 
sometimes even the performer doesn't understand or doesn't care says listen i'm getting what i'm getting today you know forget it i i don't want to worry about this intangible um and stall the deal so you know things like that these and also this whole practice of um, you know this is our position and therefore you must concede yeah. Yeah. uh that is that is what i find very amusing i i often in uh, very sweetly in my negotiations tell people ki company policy hai na it's not the law of the land who makes the company policy you make right so yeah. it is company policy is subject to change also so change it uh so but like i'm so i think these are things that i find very amusing but i guess like everything else it comes with its own positives and negatives yeah so i mean in terms of you know like contracts which record labels like you know large players in the industry have hmm. where especially with you know maybe the younger artists like the ones who are like upcoming and who probably this is like a big break like, right. i at least i've seen some contracts where they've had you know they want them to waive their model rights they want them to waive any further okay. royalties accruing but see like those are things you're saying you can push back on right it's not that yes yeah i don't think a lot of these deals are not um you know i i i i think sana the one big problem and i think you and i both will agree as professionals mm. is that um a lot of time talent the one big tip to give them is please seek professional advice yeah more than 9 out of 10 times they try to do it themselves it's like you and i trying to make music you still can <laughs> no <laughs> my husband can i can <laughs> no But, no you yeah. also can let your listeners also be privy to that <laughs> but i i certainly can't do that and it's 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 the same thing right with my clients i mean there's a reason that they do what they do and we do what we do so yeah. um yes very often they know they're trying to it's it's not a diy thing and no. uh, they need to get advice but coming back to contracts um like i'm a they're not it's not like it's uh, written stone right there is flexibility and there is a negotiation yes the negotiation differs depending on who you are where you are what's on the table. Mm-hmm. um i have seen in these last 8 years such a variety even in terms of forget the artist negotiation power my own negotiation power <laughs> right today <laughs> so many years later yes things change things work differently because uh, you know there is a certain uh, certain amount of credibility that even yeah. you are able to garner so i can only imagine how it must work for talent as well yeah. um so No, I would say that there is enough scope, um, mm. but it has to be done the right way. There has to be willingness to do it. And honestly, at we are living fortunately in a day and age where there is so much flexibility because truly everyone wants content. Yeah. Uh, and if you are no longer reliant on that old model of you know dip, uh, film music and producer and studio and you know actor has to like it or whatever, you have yeah. enough and more tools today to put out your own music to monetize it yourself. There is so much information out there. There are so many services at your disposal yeah. where you perhaps don't need any support. It's just about then content is king, and I think we're truly living in that era. Mm. Yeah. that's true saying the the one thing about contracts also and i'm saying this again for a lot of uh, younger artists or listeners that are still you know sort of starting out is yeah. that um it's not worth splitting hairs guys mm. it's really not like i know people have two uh, two polarizing attitude uh, attitudes towards contracts one is that i don't care to sign with a piece of paper yeah and the other is that oh my god i'm not understanding this and you're reading every line and trying to you know uh, completely sort of uh, it makes sense of every word and you know find that it's so overwhelming i would mm. say that please bear in mind that this like all industries 
um this is also a place that heavily depends on ultimately a commercial relationship i am not saying that contracts are unimportant or don't hold their uh, sanctity of course there's a reason that we ultimately have it in writing yeah. uh, but at the same time saying don't get so lost in it that you fail to see the opportunity equally in there have been instances where contracts say for example have not had a right of termination right yeah. for convenience and yeah. the artist saying listen but how i don't have a right to terminate i can't walk out of this but it's not just it's not that right you could still walk out for a fundamental breach of your agreement and this is something that you will not know unless you got proper advice yeah so i'm saying there is a solution and there is a fix for everything you just need to so don't get overwhelmed saying that oh my god i've signed a shitty contract in fact it's even easy relatively easier to set aside shitty contracts because yeah. they are so shitty yeah exactly so anyway um i mean talking about contracts especially the ones that you know music directors have with labels and uh, mm-hmm. going by the kind of rights that the music directors you know pass on to the labels and i just want to link that with the remixes and the remakes that are coming out these days mm-hmm. so how does that work i mean what has been your experience with it like how is it and i i'm not going to take names but we know how a certain <laughs> legend was very unhappy with her recent remake of his song for all the valid reason yes, but rightly uh, so yeah so i just want to know like um, what do they do they like does a music composer or the lyricist have the right to object to these remakes if uh, there's been no express permission granted or other instances as well Okay so let's look at it in the context of what is happening today right mm-hmm. most of the remixes or recreations of covers that we are seeing we are seeing of uh, older film songs now yeah. in most of these most instances it's i think safe to make an assumption that the composer of the original works mm-hmm. parted with the entirety of the copyright in favor of the producer of that film who in turn must have given it to the record label right mm-hmm. so one things for sure that from a copyright ownership point of view mm-hmm. i don't have any rights to begin with so if you're saying if if the question you know at times a lot of composers wonder that oh but you didn't take my permission to do it or i didn't give you a right to do this mm-hmm. um unfortunately if you parted with that right then i don't need to come to you to take that right right it's it's that mm. simple as this mm. if i sold you a house right you mm. paid me a certain amount of money that at that point i was happy and i accepted it mm. you take that house you decide to flip it now the way you renovated it i feel makes the house look completely ugly mm. do you need my permission before you decide to flip it no unless yes of course my agreement expressly said that look sandhya if you decide to revamp this house after 5 years mm. you need to come to me show me how you plan to revamp it if i approve then would you do it mm. now let's acknowledge that that obviously doesn't happen in real estate transactions and likewise does not i mean happens to a certain extent in ip but mm. it's it's more or less the same analogy right that yeah, i have yeah. sold i have parted with my rights i have given it to you so unless there's an ex- there was an express caveat saying that if you do decide to do a version a cover version a remake a rendition or any sort of derivative or you want to tomorrow adapt this translate this you come to me if there isn't that provision then mm. the label does not require your permission or your sanction to be able to commission that that's okay. one okay um number 2 is now the whole moral rights argument which yeah. i feel still 
to a great extent survives right and that is yeah. devoid of your ownership of copyright mm. so i may have parted with my rights but if i feel that look what you have done is so distort is so distortive or so mutilative of what my original works were mm. then sure i do have a right to take offense to take steps to take remedial measures Right. what are these remedial measures what is distortion mutilation is ultimately something that courts in this country can decide can you do something about it yes 100% you don't need anyone you don't need a record label to tell you that today yeah. if a certain composer is upset with a certain version mm. this composer is entitled to move court and say listen i think that this is a pure it's a horrible distortion of my moral rights and let the courts decide after seeing assessing the original works and the resulting works that do they feel it is it isn't mm-hmm. uh, should they award damages should they you know pass any sort of other relief but uh, uh, that's that's really the legal position we can mm-hmm. unfortunately i think what happens is everyone will talk about it i'm yet to see a single one of these people file Mm. any sort of formal proceeding so i think till we don't do that mm. uh you have to just then be happy with social media shaming and <laughs> you know press mm. shaming and that's that and consider that to be uh, your vindication yeah so that's that's at least my uh, these are my two bits on it but in fact was... i'll i'll give you a tip also since your yeah. listeners are tuning in and listening to this i think because we've learned our lesson now from the last uh, few situations that have happened yeah. you know you could actually find a way to address this contractually mm. and so for example in a lot of contracts if you do anticipate a situation where let's say this is a song that you think is special or whatever all your works mm. could be special right mm. you could try and build in a provision where you say that listen if yeah. in future you decide to create any versions of this song whatever it is whether it's simply another performance of this song remix mashup uh, an adaptation whatever what have you um come back to me offer me a right of first refusal if i say no then maybe we talk to you you go ahead and do something i'm saying just commercially arriving at a solution, solution. like this right right yeah. yeah yeah and i mean the other thing that i was just wondering about is that you know like I like like you said you and I we we might be musically inclined but that's not really our subject matter expertise right so when you have courts right. decide whether the current one is like actually <laughs> infringing the moral rights i mean i'm just wondering about how astute their knowledge in music is but then that's just a rhetoric question yeah and, is- and that's that's like oh, that's some one big thing that i feel separately about that i feel don't just for copyright but in general for ip i think yeah. we do need technical courts and technical judges because it's a nuanced subject but yeah. having said that um i feel at least some of our judges and some of the uh, especially in my experience has been largely bombay delhi mm. uh, you do see judges who are very quick on the uptake who are very savvy who mm. get a grasp of the subject so um i think yeah it's 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 a it's a whole separate uh, you know issue to debate and mull over if we need specialized ip courts in the country but i i i hear you and i understand your concern got it okay and um just kind of linked to this question and now for example if a composer is going to be credited as the original composer of a remake and mm-hmm. if you have uh this song streaming on all online platforms do they earn any revenue from it so this is one thing that i want to clarify for the record that they are technically earning revenue from all of it okay it okay. is uh, it's a lot of times people feel that oh, i'm not getting one of the most common statements i hear is that oh record labels don't give us royalty or the film the producer mm. doesn't give us royalty mm. it is not supposed to come from them, from it, them. there's a mechanism 
with how it has to reach you and your copyright societies play a large part of this chain of uh, how you can get your royalties right so every time uh, a streaming service is streaming your works mm. a streaming service is seeking licenses on both sides they are mm. seeking a license on the sound recording side from the record label yeah. so also they are seeking a license on the underlying side now on the underlying side the rights that are being utilized largely are reproduction and public performance correct which right they seek directly from a pro in most instances unless of course you've not assigned those rights to a pro or the publisher is not a member of the pro but in all situations they will seek a license so payment as far as um, composers are concerned authors are concerned what they need to know is that license fee is being paid for the utilization of your composition on a streaming service now whether that composition is your original composition or it's in the form of a remix or a cover or whatever mm-hmm. every single time your composition has been exploited expressed communicated a license fee is being paid that's part one okay part two is you collecting it now mm-hmm. like i'm saying if i'm a streaming service mm-hmm. uh, and your the owner of those rights uh underlying rights is a member of uh, has given those rights to a society i have gone and paid the society so the society has collected that money the society will then pay back the publisher and will pay back the author mm. so if the author is not a member of the society or proper you are unfortunately leaving that income on the table right so that i hope explains why it's also necessary to circle back to the membership of pros and again by no means is this an endorsement of mm. uh, any particular pro just for yeah. the record uh, i know we have uh, a history of um, <laughs> uh, you know our confidence via confidence <laughs> in pros is as shaken as it is and i have been at the forefront of a lot of the litigation myself yeah. uh, but having said that again just look at pros in the whole in a wider global context okay if you don't like your home pro you still you there are multiple other pros in different parts of the world you have uh, you could divide them territory wise you could be a member of whichever pro you like mm. uh, again i would tell people that don't split hairs talk to somebody who understands who knows it and who can get you registered and register your works step one is to you become you to become a member but step two which is the more important step is tell them your works if you don't tell them your works they don't know how to attribute royalties for those works right yeah so uh to answer your question you are technically in theory and actually even in practice seeing income from streaming um from streaming of your works in fact i will sandhya go ahead a step further to say that even on the sound recording side you'd be surprised we increasingly see a lot of deals where there is a commitment to share revenues mm. on the streaming income on the sound recording side yeah yeah that's true so you are as composer of your works as the author you are actually seeing income uh, if you are aware and if you are tapping into it mm. uh, on both sides for your sound recording as well as for your underlying composition and lyrics and this is regardless of the contract that you've signed with the producer you're saying i'm so if you are seeing it through the pro it is regardless of you having given up ownership in your works that's why the law was the law was amended in 2012 right, right which says right. that irrespective of you giving up your right your ownership in your works you have now what we call an inalienable right to mm. receive royalty so that right cannot be given up so what happens simply is let's say that i'm the author and i have given up 100% of my rights to you sandhya who is the publisher yeah. Yeah. you may be a 100% owner of the copyright okay mm-hmm. so the person who is 
in that sense entitled to grant a license is you Correct. so you can grant the license but every time you grant a license i still get entitled to receive uh, a royal royal which the licensee has to pay so the licensee will yeah. pay a society whatever is the total licensee the society will give you your share the society will give me my share hmm. where the licensee is no, where the licensor where the publisher is not a member of the society hmm. again the streaming service will give the li- will give the publisher member directly their share and hmm. will separately give a pro the writer share so in hmm. all scenarios the writer is still covered so what what is the typical split then so the thing is a lot of people are very confused about you know that percentage like you know 50% goes to this person 50% goes it's to it's largely 50 50 so at least 50. with iprs here and i mean largely it is 50 with iprs prs bmi etc so it's hmm. 50 50 50% is always reserved for the owner for the of owner. the works Yeah. and 50% is the author's pool is reserved for the authors yeah. uh, so typically iprs will split it as 50 25 25 because in india the song writer is often not the same person as it is sometimes in the west you have a composer yeah. and you have a lyricist right lyricist. so they split it in in equal ratios okay i think because i mean the confusion that i have come across at least from uh, from the artist side has always been that you know but i have given up all my rights to the label so how can i you know get any revenue <laughs> from streaming and i keep telling them that no there is royalty accruing in your yes. name because it's on it will not accrue uh, to your favor only if your name is not there right and your name is going to be there you're going to be acknowledged as the author of that work so yes i think the important thing for everyone to bear in mind is that please focus on what we call as metadata metadata right? the exactly. song credit yeah. there is a reason you know yeah. some of them want to act very large hearted and say ha i don't <laughs> care if my name is not on the record but but that is making a difference and how the hell will you establish that you are one of the writers who's entitled exactly. to that share Exactly. So, and the only way to do it is today we barely have physical sales, right? So, what credit yeah. I'm leading is the credit that I'm going to go by, even as a society. If I had to cross-check and really uh, uh, find out that was Priyanka truly one of the writers on this song, I'm only yeah. going to look at whether or not she's been credited. Credited, exactly. So, please yeah. insist that you're credited, that you're credited correctly. Whatever is your <laughs> yeah. spelling, whatever is your stage name, please yeah. make sure that all that is there. In fact, uh, another pro tip is when you become members of society. societies give you the option of submitting not just your name but also your artist stage name right yeah. right your artist name correct so please give as many multiple avatars that you have submit all of that mm. so it, and don't keep creating multiple profiles you just it's all getting linked to one common sort of mm. cae number what we call it mm. like think of it as your common id number Mm. uh but give all the various iterations that your name has gone through spelling changes over the years mm. or if you sort of had different artist names just keep submitting all of that information so the more you um more information that you give and the accurate information that you more accurate the information is mm. uh, the more you stand to benefit yeah that's that's perfect i mean and, and the, i remember the first time i brought up the phrase metadata mm-hmm. i had these blank looks going at me like you know what the hell is that <laughs> i was just <laughs> and I, I was, and I had to like give them an explanation on how even Beyonce had a lot of royalties like accrued lying somewhere, not being able to yeah. collect it because she had different names. She had Beyonce Knowles and something. She had Beyonce and something. Yeah. She had Beyonce spelled something else. And I was just like, "See, Beyonce has got it wrong, so it's okay. You can figure it out." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, and it's a fact. You be honestly, it ha- that's you're absolutely right because. 
don't i i think your listeners should know that you're not the only ones to whom it's happening this is yeah. a problem, problem world over there sabke sath ho raha hai it's yeah. okay it is on the most common issue that arises yeah. uh, and it's fine it's fixable it happens every single day with each and every one it's an easy fix it's just that you need to be vigilant about it you need to be proactive you can't sleep over it yeah yeah um so i mean given this context and you know your experience so far and the kind of problems that you've mm-hmm. faced like what do you think um what are the changes you wish uh, you could you know see in in the indian music industry and do you think any of them has started mm-hmm. developing um okay i'll talk of something that is that is relevant since we are in this whole covid 19 situation and in this lockdown mm. um and in over the last few weeks now of this lockdown i'm we're all seeing a lot of uh, streams right yeah, a lot yeah. of live streaming sessions a lot of concerts and yeah. i think a part of my day is just me being busy giving advice on what licenses are required to make these streams happen Yeah, right yeah so and i think the other it's so it's very current it's very relevant and it brings yeah. me to what is the one change that i want to see yeah. um no i'm not saying that you don't need licenses to make cover <laughs> versions in fact <laughs> as much as as much as everybody would love to champion for that no i still unfortunately can't endorse that view because yeah. i have the highest respect for rights holders and i think we all need to celebrate it and acknowledge it uh, yeah. but i think what i'm what i'm what one of the changes that i think especially in this situation people can consider hmm. is um you know i feel that as much as we try and educate everybody that licenses are required i wish that there was enough of responsiveness openness from the rights holders hmm. to freely educate people that sure this is how you go about getting a license this is how you contact us this is how you can reach out to us these are the right channels if you are interested in covering one of our songs right so every single time i've noticed that you know when i tell artists that yes but this is why your video got taken down and no you cannot do mm. this put this up and you know not have a license for it that's and then they realize it and acknowledge the next question okay how do i do this where do i reach out how do i you know contact this person so there i wish that you know guys if on the one hand people are finally willing to acknowledge rights and go out there and seek a license i think you need to do your bit by making that information Uh, more freely available accessible be contactable um and i think it, it's the need of the hour so uh, and or just you know simply even just make simple guidelines or just make inf- knowledge available like why is it so difficult to just clarify that here yeah. if you are doing x if you are doing this you need this 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 if you are going to do say for example if you are just doing an instagram story on your own page no commercial activity attached no ticketing being done nothing you don't yeah. get anything it's probably covered under the platform's license yeah. if you are going to do the same thing but now you have people ticketing for it then it's you know outside the purview of this license then you need xyz if yeah. you are going to do like a full blown sponsored corporate concert then you need this this it's like why yeah. is it that difficult <laughs> for you guys to come together and just you know clarify clarify yeah so you know i've been i'm i'm trying my best to sort of bridge that gap and over the last few days and weeks i've been calling people and i'll try and get the correct information simply because i don't want to give out the wrong information yeah. to people and i want people to genuinely do the right thing mm-hmm. but uh, yeah that is one tip where i feel that it could benefit us even after uh, covid because oh, i know people yeah. are going to want to do covers people are going to want to keep doing more and more different things um, online on social media platforms yeah. so i feel if there was more of a dialogue 
about and education about how that worked it will it will help people tremendously yeah and that that's absolutely true and i think there's i think people are slowly opening up to that as well you know the fact that they are reaching out to like find out more information and like the, and especially with we have people like you championing the cause so i just hope this keeps uh, opening up more doors and you know building that kind of awareness especially for yes. the artists yeah no and you know like you're saying right is and there more more and more art people who want to do it are reaching out so i feel yeah. now it's the other side who needs to make that participate yeah. equally, equally and you know be more sort of open in Engaging. saying what is it that we want don't want you know don't shy away from it if there is a yeah. license fee payable and it's ad hoc it's fine mm. you know don't shy yeah. away from it don't think that you know we're going to say that oh my god like how unfair is that it's it's the nature of the business we yeah, right. we get it uh but let's just have more clarity so people can stop being so confused all the time and you know it, it just then adds to the chaos is all i'm saying yeah and i mean i i saw like a couple of posts from musicians especially the indie musicians who have who have uh i mean they have all valid reason because of course given the situation most of their job opportunities have been like you know hit and uh, so course, they yeah. they have uh, you know they've basically you know voice their concern over being asked to play three gigs online because at the end of right. the day it's uh, it's you know time and effort that goes in from their side but then in the context of what you just mentioned about you know the licensing and who pays what i mm-hmm. guess all of that links in so how do how do indie musicians or musicians in general um how do they you know deal with the situation where they uh, they are at least compensated for their time but and they right. do so in a right in at the right way how is it how so can one that? Yeah. one thumb rule that i have and i think this is across the board for all professionals if you are mm. good at something don't ever do it for free for free <laughs> <laughs> so i have learned it the hard way in my life <laughs> I still always uh I I I still I think from time to time get a very nice solid reminder <laughs> of that but uh yeah so please don't do it for free even uh, you especially in these times you're being asked to do something you have you're being asked to perform there is value to your talent and mm. please feel free to command it and command it with respect and confidence because you absolutely deserve it that's one mm. uh number 2 is in terms of licenses again so with a lot of independent music like i think a lot of them are performing their own original music that they own completely by yeah. themselves yeah. uh if that's the case then great you you're not you don't need any additional sanctions but yeah. where you are uh, going to again cover somebody else's songs perform songs that are not your songs that were not your composition that were not your lyrics to begin with or where you were maybe the original composer or performer but it was done for a record label or for a producer and you don't have the rights anymore uh depending on the nature of what you're doing on these social media platforms you may or may not require a license so very simply put mm. um if you are uh let's say i am i'm an artist i decide that look it's uh, it's sunset it's beautiful i'm just going to you know bring out my guitar turn on my instagram live and let my community listen to what i'm doing and enjoying my sunset mm. Mo- that is typically going to get covered under the platforms blanket yeah. license so mm. platforms do try and put blanket licenses in place mm. having said that again this is an exercise that they also voluntarily 
take it's a painful exercise because they have to do it jurisdiction by jurisdiction at times year on year mm. uh, with each record label each publisher each copyright society each pro right so sometimes they themselves may not have been able to conclude a license which is why sometimes you'll see if you're looking at somebody's instagram story it mm. might say this music is not available in your region Mm. the reason for that yeah. is that perhaps the platform itself has not been able to conclude a license nice. or there was a license previously but there isn't one now because it's not it's expired it's not renewed mm. whatever right mm. um so if so more, so more often than not if there is no absolutely no commercial activity attached to it and you're simply going to do this even if it is works that you don't own it should be okay mm. you may face instances where it's still taken down and that's because like i explained the platform itself platform. may not have a license in place that's one okay. now add one layer let's say i'm doing the same thing at sunset except that i tell my uh, list my community of followers now that yes but if you want to see me strum my guitar at sunset <laughs> go buy a ticket on book my show Huh. right okay, and only yeah. then tune in now mm. the minute you do that if you go and see a lot of these social media platforms facebook instagram and twitter they have clear community guidelines right that yeah, what yeah. falls under user generated content and what does not mm. so more something like this would typically then fall outside the purview of the license that they also negotiated right huh. because there would be certain conditions on the basis of which even they got a blanket license so right so uh, yeah correct so commercial use or even when there are brands associated with it and there could be different there's varying degrees of you know what is permissible and what's not so mm-hmm. but again i'm giving a very basic sort of a generic idea to for everyone to understand that yes the minute you have some form of commercial activity attached to it mm-hmm. uh, chances are that you are then going to it's not going to get covered under the platform's license and you will then need to go and figure out a step a license directly uh with the rights holder as well as uh, a pro uh mm-hmm. depend because you know you're going to have both your there's going to be an element of synchronization because there is an audio and a visual yeah and then there is an element of you communicating it to the public and reproduction so that's why you will need both okay. uh if so yeah i hope that that clarifies this to a certain extent yeah i know it's really complicated helpful. a lot of yeah. people don't like listening to it but uh, guys <laughs> just flip the tables and you know if somebody was performing your works and they're exactly. on the back of that you're yeah. not going to be happy about it either so it's the exact same logic yeah thank you that truly really, that was you know that's very helpful and very insightful as well <laughs> and i you know i just i was just curious you know like given the kind of experiences you've had uh, through the industry and over the years and with all these things that have happened all these changes that have happened mm-hmm. what's been your most challenging project um, especially from the music industry not just the entertainment industry person um i think uh, two really stand out the most in my mind one is something that i did almost at the beginning of my career mm-hmm. um which was when there was this massive sort of upheaval going on at uh, iprs this is right. when they had just deregistered the law had been newly amended and then they deregistered themselves as a copyright society um at that time i acted uh, i uh, acted on behalf of a large uh, class of authors right this is 
artists and composers and uh, did spend a lot of time to try and decode some of that madness and you know we uh, we were part of uh, quite an extensive litigation and i think that was um, at that early stage in my career a lot of interesting learning uh, you bring a different fresh perspective to the table uh, to where we see things now right where the board was reelected it's been reconstituted it's funny just as a copyright society and there are still lots of, i I've, i think i've had the privilege of seeing this organization sort of turn on its head and is still uh, trying day in and day out to implement measures and you know to try and see what it can do so um i think that's that's one thing that i've witnessed very closely uh, mm. and has been uh, it's it has it was challenging at at, uh, at all levels to uh, be a part of something like that and i think the other one is of course more recently this entire debate on uh, statutory licensing and whether yeah. internet uh, based services fall within the purview of uh, being broadcasting broadcasters or broadcasting organizations and therefore can they see the benefit of statutory licensing mm-hmm. so of course we saw the whole warner spotify matter but i yeah. think for me it was fascinating in terms of a larger argument which also actually again brings us back to thinking that do we really, you know perhaps we need specialized courts yeah. uh, you know there's a provision for the ipab we know was never constituted yeah. and there's a copyright board i don't know if there's a board where is the member but yeah. i'm saying that even otherwise right is our members of the executive or the judiciary truly equipped to determine tariffs hmm Right? Exactly. Should there not be just like in the US, you have specialized tariff yeah. courts? Yeah. Is it time that we considered something like that? Because look, uh, uh, the way we consume content is changing, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, people will ask me that, "Do you think the law is archaic or whatever?" But uh, I think one of the ways of looking at it is how often do you expect the law to be amended at the rate at which technology is growing? Yeah, it's no. impossible, right? By that ratio, I think we need an amendment every every month. month. Yeah, which is not going to happen. I feel that we do have enough within the construct of the act even today. I think what we need though is faster, not just that, but faster yeah. implementation. Implementation, yeah. right? And how do you implement? Like, if if I had separate fast track. courts whose only job was to set tariffs every single time that there was you know newer uh, categories yeah. of uh, uh, modes of exploitation that came into being yeah. i could rush go to a tariff court and have a tariff set so at least the industry is not stalling as a whole yeah. or then we are not bound by some judgment years ago which is then coming yeah. up for renewal and then we we'll again fight and renegotiate a percentage and go before yeah. a judge and you know some idiotic nonsense like that that is not helping anybody yeah. um, i mean at the end of the day I I, I like I'm saying right. Look at it purely. Look at the economics of this. Look at the numbers here. Yeah. This is an industry that is capable of growing so so so, so much more. And so fast. Uh, if and there is so much revenue still untapped. Sure, mm. we're fortunately living at a in at a time where we're seeing so much of investment into this market mm. simply because it does have that sort of growth potential that it promises. So mm. I think. Um, There's there's a lot that can be done in terms of just making sure that, uh, you know, we came up with faster, quicker ways of resolving day-to-day commercial problems in the industry. Mm. Yeah, that's quite <laughs> yeah, that's quite intense actually. You know, because that yeah, sorry, that's like a big industry yeah. overview. <laughs> yeah, but that 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 must have been really challenging because it's not just about your personal uh, challenges, right? It's something that's affecting an industry as such, and that's. 
yeah uh, and you're contributing to it as a professional so that's a big deal and mm-hmm. everyone benefits right it's it's got a, and yeah. more so from from the talent point of view it has a direct correlation to what the talent is taking home at the end of the day exactly. if i have a decent tariff and if i have you know gotten that tariff fixed at a rate that is commercially commensurate with how with how deals would have been closed mm-hmm. then Uh, the, it, like i explained earlier in this conversation a part of that whole royalty chain is that the income flows back to the author so i think yeah. everybody all stakeholders have a vested interest in making sure that this is done properly and done quickly yeah that's yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> so i think uh, i mean it's been we've had like a fairly interesting conversation today i think and <laughs> I, I, i honestly speaking i could go on for another hour and maybe like have a <laughs> so could i <laughs> yeah i know this is like you know close to our hearts uh, something which is a passion absolutely and absolutely. Um, i mean just wrapping up you know what do you think what what would your um, mm-hmm. advice be i mean more advice slash tips slash recommendations be to musicians uh, just to like survive this industry navigate what's going on given the current situation right. as well. Just, I think uh, yeah. first and foremost, like I said in the beginning of our conversation, is that please get professional advice. Get good professional yes. advice, right? It's it's. I think um, the damage that uh, it does otherwise is just the same as you trying to self-medicate or trying to be a Google doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I, I use that <laughs> example all the time. I just have cancer every time. And if you check your symptoms. <laughs> So yeah. yeah so it's the same thing i i mean i would say you know just like you spend on a lot of other things like that we end up doing for vanity reasons where you know you want mm-hmm. to look good in front of the camera you pay yeah. you will you pay for that gym membership that nutritionist that salon session that stylist that publicist mm-hmm. guys getting good professional advice is as important if not more and really it is your income your works are your retirement plan it could yeah. be future for a future option that's bankable not just for you but for possibly even um your future generations if you learn how to protect it right from day one mm-hmm. uh, so please 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 get good professional advice that's one number two again for you know i understand that it comes at a cost and if you don't want to get advice just simple things that you can do on your own is um take action stop mm. talking about it stop going on a rants you know um just social media shaming is not going to get you results yeah right so if something is is incorrect is is wrong you feel wronged by it please take action that includes that does not that's not um talking to your friends about it and bitching and moaning about it but write to the other person build correspondence build communication see what you can do even simple things like when we're online and if you see something is wrong there are enough takedown mechanisms and takedown tools today across every single platform it's very simple you don't even need someone to teach you it has like you know some of them have like a copyright school that you can go you can follow the next steps you can google it you can see how to file a complaint you can see how to respond to a complaint if someone has filed a strike against you and you believe that that strike is incorrect so yeah. um I think yes, getting professional advice and number two, being proactive uh, and vigilant, are uh, some of the biggest tips that will go a long way in helping young professionals. Yeah, thank you so much. And that's and and also to 
uh, aspire sorry yeah one more thing yeah, sorry yeah no. one more thing please, please, <laughs> is please, that please, please uh, you know i know that music is a very collaborative process and that's really the beauty of it right when yeah, we have yeah. different creators come together yeah. um so i would say uh, whilst that is happening and uh, you know it's it's just the way the business works please don't forget to also document it Sure, hmm. you don't need a contract for everything, but simply having an understanding, understanding. crystal clear, even if it's in a simple WhatsApp message or on an email, sit down hmm. with your creators, with your collaborators, and just iron it out from day one, so that you're not in an embarrassing situation later where relationships yeah. are getting sour and you feel that you know you feel betrayed, you feel shortchanged. So, uh, hmm. yeah, that's the one thing I would say is that just have an understanding, crystal clear, and don't use comp- terms that you don't understand. If you don't understand the meaning. publishing don't lose lose yeah. lose it yeah. so keep things as clear um and one absolute last tip is <laughs> when you're trying to read a contract i think and this is again even for your lawyers right yeah. that if a lay person reading it doesn't understand it it's not good it's not drafted well exactly so that's that's the key to any good well drafted contract keep it simple, simple. keep it clear because yeah. it when when things are clearly written it actually reflects the clarity of thought of the person who drafted it exactly. so um, that's the one tip that actually I'd give a lot of young lawyers that stop using complicated jargon a lot of time lawyers use words and language that they saw in some other template that if i stop and ask them that what does this mean they have yeah. no idea that no why idea. does this apply in this context they don't know how to explain it so don't do it guys you know yeah. just keep it simple keep it to the point keep it clear a short document does not necessarily mean it's a bad document in fact mm. you'd be surprised how often it actually is good because it's just clear it's not saying things in five different places in a repetitive way yeah. in active voice passive voice <laughs> and just adding more confusion and chaos i don't need to see an indemnity clause written in 10 different ways throughout the yeah. document Yeah. right i know. it still means the same damn same thing even yeah. if you said it once um so yeah keep i i would say keep it simple okay that's great that you responded to the question that i was going to ask <laughs> okay asking you you know what your advice to young lawyers would be but yeah, it's, keep I it mean, simple it's uh, i mean it's so much fun discussing all of this i think <laughs> and i realize there's so much more that we have to work on and this so many unexplored opportunities and i think even as lawyers uh, this entire industry is something which is like a massive opportunity in itself and uh, i'm just hoping that absolutely the, and i think yeah. it's a great time to be a part to of the business part because we're truly witnessing, witnessing like some a turn of the century kind of thing yeah 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 absolutely i couldn't agree more and with spotify <laughs> all the online platforms coming in i think they're just uh, changing the way everyone's perceiving uh music and licensing and all of that like you know so i'm i'm grateful that we we are here right now at this stage absolutely so thank you so much priyanka it's been so much fun <laughs> doing this i think we should generally catch thank up thank you as always it's always fun chatting with you when i completely lose track of time i could go on and on so thank you so much for yeah. having me and it's it's really been i think they were all really fun uh interesting tidbits of uh, information and questions to address so thank you it was it was very very um i enjoyed doing this and having this session with you thank you so much priyanka hopefully we'll do we'll plan one more and then we can have uh, more interesting questions to spice <laughs> it up okay <laughs> then sounds All good right. okay so thanks sandhya thank you priyanka so that was priyanka khimani i'm uh, i'm really happy with this session and i'm, I'm i can't wait uh, for Uh, our next session 
with uh, you know priyanka maybe we'll schedule something uh, in a couple of months and uh, i'll be happy to have any questions uh, if you have any doubts on what we have discussed and i can redirect you to priyanka as well so take care folks thank you so much for listening and tuning in that's all for today